Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. as motivated, if not more motivated than ever, to find success. I never thought I'd make it to where I'm at today. You pour everything into it every week. You reset and pour it back in again. You want to dominate every race. We feel as though we're right on target to go out there and repeat as champions again. I've won a few championships, and if you want to come up and take it from me, you have to do all that stuff to get there. season is already in the bag. Chris Devoto alongside Cup champion Dale Jarrett here in our NBC studios. And Dale, we're missing something or someone, aren't we? We are. We have a spot saved right here. Well, good news. Kyle Petty is here, sort of, joins us from Charlotte, North Carolina. So, KP, what now? And what I mean by that is, does the entire focus for a team change now? Uh, the entire focus for 16 teams changes. Um, I, I think for everybody else, it's still let's win some races. If you look at Clint Boyer, if you look at Eric Jones, those guys, it's about winning races. But uh, right now, going into Chicago, it's about the 16 guys in the playoffs and a championship. Yeah, it's about you've put all of this behind you now. You've worked all year long to get yourself in this position. And you talk about making no mistakes. You can't make mistakes and advance now. All right, well, coming up later in the show, the guy I needed to help me with some bigger and better words in victory lane, (laughs) Nate Ryan, will join us as well. And uh, the professor is what we're calling him tonight. You will see why coming up. 40 drivers still race each week, but only 16 are championship eligible. Here are the 16 who will compete for this year's Monster Energy NASCAR Cup. 13 of the 16 won races. Let's take a look at how drivers won and made it into the playoffs with our 2017 regular season victory lane review. After the long, cold winter, we're going racing at Daytona. Kurt Busch leads the Daytona 500. He's never won before at Daytona. He will fix that today, winning the 59th edition of the Great American Race. And we're just doing it! I can't believe it. I love you guys. Thank you. Win number two in his career will come in his home state. Kyle Larson, he will score the victory. Get the broom out, baby. Prep it. All right, baby. Kyle won here at Michigan last August, his first career cup win. Oh, dude, bring it home, baby. And he wins again today. Heck yeah, buddy. Burn that to the ground. Oh, yeah, good job, guys. Good job. We think Slick take a free ride on the outside and what? I'm running a few options in my head right now. What I thought was going to be best was to push Martin out past the 77. Kyle Lawson with a blinding restart. And side draft him. Larson to the bottom. Played out perfectly. He's got the lead. He's the best I've seen come along in a while. Kyle, how did you do that? I have no idea. He's just a, a racer. Oh, my God! Truex across the stripe. 
He will sweep stage one, stage two, and the win. Oh, you're on the plate. Oh, can't believe I rock anymore. <laughs> he won earlier this year on the mile and a half at Las Vegas. He's going to do it again tonight. You are the winner. My goodness gracious. And for the 12th time this season, for the 13th time this season, stage winner, MTJ. Checkered flag, Ben Tourist Junior. You damn right. Get saw that. I can't understand what you're saying. Save gas. Martin Trex Jr. will assume the lead. Has he saved enough? Fuel Wallace, get yourself. Martin Truex Jr. will win at the Glen. I've wanted to win here a long, long time. This is a special place. I think back in the 90s, watching my dad run here and coming here as a kid and spending time in the garage just walking around and, and wishing someday to race here, let alone win. He was known as the mile and a half guy. Yeah. He's known as a winner now. Brad Keselowski will clinch his first victory ever at Atlanta Motor Speedway. The Miller White Ford on their way to collect the grandfather clock. TikTok to win two dead, boys. TikTok, TikTok. The long dry spell will end for Richard Childress Racing. It took him 17 tries, but he is now the winner. Ryan Newman pulls it off. Harvick takes the checkered flag. This is worth the wait. Jimmy Johnson, the fastest gun in the West here today. Once again, the king of Texas. Last the first. How many times have we done that? Jimmy Johnson has won for the second time at Bristol. Oh, yeah. Whoa, Ty Dillon gets T-boned by Eric Jones. Caution. We are coming to the checkers if you want. me. What? Oh, I'll trip your next. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Austin Dillon. Ryan Blaney. Stenhouse Jr. wins at Daytona. He'll take the three car back to victory lane. 23-year-old Ryan Blaney will score his first career win. That's making a bit third better, boys. We got to slide the grass, too, bud. I'm sorry you can't talk, bud, but I'm so proud of you today. Ryan Blaney joining Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Austin Dillon. America, 1776. We are the champs. And Hamlin goes by for the lead. He's going to hold up Larson. Yes, sir, DH is what I'm talking about. Back up call for the wish. I put us behind the A-ball uh, on Friday, but uh, it's cool to win one like this. Don't like lobsters, and then when you put like a 44-pound one in my hands, I'm, I'm freaked out. The two best cars are gone. Who is going to grab this opportunity and leave with a Brickyard 400 trophy? I knew if I wasn't leading off turn two, I probably wasn't going to win the, the race. Great restart for the five of Casey Kane, and the 11 goes around. They wreck behind him. Driver, are you all right? Because you get back here, you're going to be the winner of the Brickyard 400. I was actually emotional in the car. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, my God. Who would have thought? Unbelievable. I'm going to treasure this forever. How hungry is the 18 team for that first win of 2017? Contact there. The 18 gets into the back of the four, moves him out of the way. Kyle Busch is going to win at Pocono. I wrote one word down when you cross start finish line. Finally. Would that be your word too? Yeah. Yeah. Bush trying to complete the sweep of the weekend. Kyle Bush, get out the broom. You just swept at Bristol. Yeah, take that. What? Yes. And he's getting some booze. You gotta feed off that, don't you? I don't care. Make the noise. Who cares? And up into the wall goes the 78 hard. Kyle Larson wins at Richmond. We definitely stole, stole the win, I guess you could say. Our, our picker, I, I feel like, stole the win. Wow, through the regular season, drivers have been racking up playoff points by winning those races and stages. Those playoff points will carry over through the first three rounds. Martin Truex Jr. leads the series with 53, yep, I said 53 playoff points. 
and will have a big advantage. At the bottom of the 16 driver field is Jamie McMurray with just three playoff points. And we've never had points like this before. It seems like a driver like McMurray really has to win in the next three races. So, DJ, where do we go from here? What stands out to you as we head into the playoffs? Well, there's a lot of different storylines and certainly the stage racing. But the things that really stand out to me in this first round is how different these first three tracks are. Uh, teams and drivers are really going to have to be on top of their game just because of that. And also, let's watch how teams uh, and certain drivers are going to points race. I know fans don't want to hear that, but you have to advance. Uh, to that next round. And because the 78, 42, and 18 could win those races, uh, you better gather up a lot of points. And then, can Hendrick Motorsports once again find something magic and find some magic and, and work their way through it? This isn't just about Jimmy Johnson, but all of their drivers. How are they going to perform? Yeah, I, I've got three. Also, I love yours, uh, and yours are kind of close. I'm, I'm kind of, I got a little bit more specific on that last one. But can Martin Truex continue to dominate? Uh, these guys have just gone out. They say they didn't do anything special. They just raced the way they wanted to race. They scored tons of points, tons of stage wins, and race wins. The second one for me um, was is the points. Will a driver have to use up his goodwill and the points that he's gathered to move on to the next round? And you say, watch how teams point race, Dale, and, and, and your storylines. How are they going to use these points? That's going to be interesting in this first one for me. And the last one, because of Dover, will Jimmy Johnson show up? I'm sorry, people out there. I'm just the messenger. I don't create this. He's not running in the top ten. He's got one finish over the last five or six races. Dover will be a... a Big, big sign for where Jimmy Johnson is in this chase, I believe, or in the playoffs. Excuse me. So, so let's uh, dis dis dissect that, I guess, if you will, or discuss <laughs> it, Kyle, because Jimmy Johnson is a seven-time champion. And we talked a little bit about this um, in Victory Lane, uh, Richmond, this past weekend. But you're staying strong. I mean, I think you had him. Was did, did Kyle have him go leaving the first round last year? Is that <laughs> every, what round. Year. every round? Yeah, every yeah. round. Every round. But you're staying strong with this. You're saying, uh, where is basically where is Jimmy Johnson? But, and, and the reason I say that is, is they are not, as an organization, as a Hendrick organization, as Dale pointed out, they're not as strong this year as they were last year. Um, you know, listen, we can talk this summer slump and we can talk seven time all we want to. Uh, but you've got to be in the game at some point in time, and they've not been in the game, uh, and they just don't seem to have speed. We, it seems to be okay for us to talk about Joey Logano and Brad Kay not having speed, but if you say Hendrick doesn't have speed or Jimmy Johnson doesn't, oh, my gosh, the world's coming to an end. They don't have the speed uh, that the Toyotas have right now, especially Martin Truex and, and Kyle Busch and those guys. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you just haven't seen it. I, I mean, and I learned my lesson last year. Never again <laughs> going against Jimmy Johnson. They're going to figure something out. I know. And, and he's so good at certain tracks. As Kyle pointed out there, Dover. As long as Dover's involved in that, then, then you have to give him a chance. But uh, it's going to take a, a huge effort, even a bigger effort than what they put forth and made happen last year. Because as we went through those highlights, uh, it, you really could make a case for Martin Truex having a chance to win most of the races. And when he wasn't, Kyle Busch and, and Kyle Larson were right there. So uh, he's going to have to figure out a way how to beat 
the top three that there are right now. Okay, and you pointed towards Jimmy Johnson at Dover. What, your first uh, storyline was the difference in the first three tracks. Yeah. Why, I think that, why is this so important? Well, you, you just look right here at the difference. Now, there's mile and a half tracks in each of the first three rounds, so that's nothing new, even though they're all different there. So that, that kind of lends itself to, to drivers that have done well there, and, and we know that the 78, the, the 42, and the 18 have done that. But just look at the difference. You talk about the, the amount of banking, 18 degrees there. Then you go to New Hampshire, and we talk about the banking there. Seven degrees is up by the wall where nobody ever wants to be, so I don't even put it as banking much there. So you've got a flat one-mile track, and, and that's going to race like a short track. And then you've got another one-mile track right after that that's a concrete surface and has uh, tons of banking at 24 degrees. So race is completely different there. So th this doesn't, you can't say that th those three different racetracks fit any one driver's style. But if you have a fast race car, I think Martin Truex and Kyle Busch have probably uh, shown that over the year that you can race just about anywhere and, and do the right things. But I just think that it puts a premium. I'm looking past them as to who's going to be able to advance and who is going to put more pressure on because it is so different, and some of those teams towards the bottom haven't performed as well uh, at the different types of tracks. Yeah, you know, and and I agree with everything that Dale just said there. This is this is this these for this first group of, of three racetracks. Um, if I look at Martin Truex, if I look at Kyle Busch, if I look at Kyle Larson, this is in their wheelhouse. They have been able to win pretty much anywhere, lead anywhere they go, and dominate anywhere they go. Uh, we've seen these other guys struggle. That's why they're 15th, 16th, and in, in, in the seeds right now. So this is a very diverse group of, of racetracks. The the only thing that could make it different is if we maybe took Chicago out and threw a road course in. Uh, that would make it a little bit more diverse. But I'm telling you, the, the guys that, that really can go from track to track in these first three and be in the top five and be in the top three, uh, can lead races and show that they're there, are going to be the guys that we're going to point to when we get to Homestead, I believe. And then your second item, you guys basically had the same thing but in different ways. I think, Dale, you talked about um, the points racing. Kyle, you said, how will they use their playoff points? Yeah, I mean, if you're in a position, I mean, we keep talking about Martin Truex being able to go all the way to, to Homestead with the amount of points that he's gathered. Uh, but, you know, if you get into this this position early on where you have a couple of bad races and the only thing that's even keeping you in the game uh, are the are the playoff points and, and the way that you've gathered points the first part of the year, uh, that's a bad sign to go into the playoffs and, and use up all your, all your goodwill right off the bat. Uh, so for me... Uh, that's that's going to be an issue to see if any of the really of the top teams of the teams that are in the top five or six where they end up coming out of this first round. Yeah, and I think it gives, you know, they're still going to be uh, those playoff points that they can get by winning stages and by winning races so you can gather more through that. I, I think that when I looked at it, I said, okay, if, if these drivers, those top three, and you have to throw Jimmy in there because of Dover. So if you look at, the, at those four winning these first three races, then the others are going to have to figure out a way to, to move through to the next round, and that's by gathering as many points as they possibly can versus their competitors. So the thing that's different here, and, and we talk about this every year. We're going to talk about these 16 drivers and these 16 teams the, the most because they're the ones in the battle for a championship. But there's going to be 24 other cars out on the racetrack also. So who's going to be getting in the middle of there taking points away? So it's going to become how can we gather the most points? Do we take some chances to where we get some stage points that are going to help our overall number versus what we might can do uh, by the end of the race? So I think that we'll see a lot of 
crew chiefs and drivers looking at those opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you have really two different sort of races going on. Obviously, yes. everyone's trying to win. That's obviously the number one goal. But if you're those bottom four, you got to catapult yourself up to make yeah. sure that you advance. To you got to figure round. out a way, somehow, some way. And it may take a different strategy than what got you in the playoffs. Okay, well, we have revealed DJ and KP's top storylines heading into the playoffs. What do you at home think are the biggest things to talk about? You can go ahead and tell us. <laughs> Nate Ryan is here, but he's not just writing articles with words Dale and I have to look up today. Nate, what are you up to over there, the professor? Well, I am monitoring social media here, Krista, tonight. I'll be taking your feedback, comments, questions, whatever you have on social media. Use the hashtag at NASCAR America on Twitter or send it to us on the NASCAR on NBC account on Facebook. Already starting to get a lot of questions in about which teams will survive, if drivers will race differently with the added layer of playoff points. Got a few, very few interesting questions about Martin Trex Jr. that we'll hit. Uh, so keep those coming during the show if you want to react to what Kyle Petty and Dale Jarrett are saying. Certainly we'll be monitoring us throughout the show. And also just want to say the first question I got is, why is Kyle making that face? And I'll just answer that for you right now. It's because he's Kyle Petty. So now that we have that out of the way, we've answered that very important question. We'll uh, be bringing you elucidation on all NASCAR questions through Twitter and Facebook the rest of the show. So well, stay tuned. What was elucidation? Elucidation. Okay. Hmm. That's number one. Yeah. Oh. I'm through. I'm okay. through. It's, so it's, that's why we're making the that, face, right, Casey? That's the kind of show it's going to be. So, again, it's at NASCAR and NBC, hashtag NASCAR playoffs, hashtag NASCAR America to get your questions over to Nate for the next hour. Well, five drivers under age 30 are in this year's playoffs. Two of them. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for one full year. A quick reminder, tomorrow night, Hand in Hand, a benefit for hurricane relief, will feature some of the nation's biggest stars, including George Clooney, Jamie Foxx, Beyonce, Blake Shelton, and a special performance from Texas by George Strait. That's tomorrow at 8, 7 central on NBC. By now, you have seen the shocking pictures out of Florida. Those who live there woke up today to survey the damage left by Hurricane Irma, which battered the area throughout the night with severe winds and raging waters. The state's largest utility provider reported that the storm had knocked out power to more than six and a half million residents. First responders have also begun to search for those in need. We also learned that NASCAR's two Florida tracks, Daytona and Homestead Miami, each did sustain cosmetic damage during the storm. However, that damage is not expected to impact Homestead's ability to host championship weekend in November. Daytona International Speedway released this video of Florida power and light crews ready to help restore power to those in need. Today is also the most somber day in American history. It is the 16th anniversary of the attacks on September 11, 2001. Crowds gathered across the nation today, most poignantly in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, to remember the nearly 3,000 lives lost. Many drivers and teams took to social media to reflect and remember, including Dale Earnhardt Jr. It was at Dover in 2001 where NASCAR held its first race following the attacks. Dale Jr. scored a very emotional and patriotic victory. Another driver who shared his thoughts is Jesse Iwaji, who competes in the K&N Pro Series. Jesse is also a lieutenant in the U.S. Navy. His message, straightforward. There's many reasons we do what we do. 9-11 is one of them. Hashtag remember the fallen. We will always remember. Be sure to join us Wednesday on NASCAR America. Kurt Busch will be our special guest at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Busch and the other playoff drivers will be on hand for media day. 
as they prepare for Sunday's playoff opener at Chicago. That's Wednesday at 5 Eastern on NBCSN. We've been terrible for a long time. This year, every race, we're getting better and better. I had to ask Brad Keselowski how to start a race on the pole. It's been a long time since we started there. This is the moment our race car driver lives for. He'll take the three car back to victory lane. I know Dale's up there smiling down because he wants this win in Austin. Oh gosh, man, you not believe it. Ryan Blaney will score his first career win. <laughs> I'm so proud of you today. Great job, brother. Wood Brothers haven't won since 2011. Everybody wants to know, what's the party going to be like? <laughs> well, you're invited. And just something to keep in mind for those first-time winners in this year's playoffs, the only drivers to win the Cup Championship in the same year they earned their first career win Hall of Famer Red Byron in 1949, followed by Bill Rexford in 1950. That's it. So Ryan Blaney, Ricky Stenhouse, and Austin Dillon have their work cut out for them. Uh, Nate, here's what I love about them, though. They're young. They're driving the three of the most iconic numbers in NASCAR history. Pretty cool to see the 21, 17, and 3 in playoff contention. Any reaction from the fans uh, regarding the young guys? Well, you know, speaking of iconic numbers... Krista, another driver, young driver who drives one but doesn't have a win yet right now is Chase Elliott, of course, in the number 24. He's in the playoffs. One of the first questions we got here is, will Chase Elliott win during the playoffs and where would it occur? Hmm. Yeah. What That's do you think? a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we keep saying that. It can happen at any time. Certainly, everyone is chasing the Toyotas, and that in, includes the Chevrolets. And, and we talked about, can Hendrick Motorsports step up? But I think this young driver has that opportunity to do that. He's competitive everywhere that he goes. And even though his teammate, Jimmy Johnson, will be the favorite at Dover, don't count him out at Dover. That might be where he gets that first win. Really? Could that be. would be that would be pretty big. What else have you got, Nate? Um, this one is from Italy. Uh, really? Rabid stock car fan at Stock Car Live ITA on Twitter. He's always tweeting um, from across the pond. He wants to know. He has a very good question. Last year in the 2016 playoffs, every win was done by an eligible driver, somebody who was still eligible in the playoffs. That was versus 2015 and 2014, where you had. Dale Jr. and Jimmy Johnson win races during the playoffs, but it was after they had been eliminated from contention. So last year, every driver uh, who won used that win to advance and was still eligible for the championship. So at Stock Car Live ITA wants to know where and when will there be a non-playoff driver like in 2014 and 2015 or a non-championship eligible playoff driver winning a race during the, the final 10 races? Will that happen? What do you wow. think? Yeah, that's a great question. And my immediate answer will be, well, if you hadn't won one of these first 26, the chances are you're not going to beat these playoff teams. But I think there is one driver that's on a huge upswing right now that has that chance. That would be Eric Jones, who I think is capable. His problem is outrunning his teammate. Martin <laughs> Truex Jr. is the biggest thing. But if I look and think about a racetrack, he can win pretty much anywhere, a great short track racer. But I think Phoenix may come down and be that opportunity if Kevin Harvick doesn't go back to making that his own personal race. Track. Yeah. Let's yeah. see if uh, Kyle, have you been listening to us and do you have any <laughs> feedback on this? Yes, I have been listening. And, and listen, <laughs> I, I agree. Eric Jones is a guy that's outside looking in, uh, but has been on a massive upswing. 
uh, in recent weeks. Uh, when we look at top fives, when we look at leading races, when we look at being a factor at the end of the race, there, there's this crazy thing in racing. If you once you start setting on poles and running in the top four or five, uh, chances are that win's not far far ahead, far far out there. And Eric Jones has been doing that. I don't see anybody else really outside the top 16. But just as in years past, once you get eliminated, uh, you can still a win in those last couple of, of rounds of the playoffs. Well, keep your questions coming at NASCAR and NBC, hashtag NASCAR America. In the meantime, you know, in recent years, we have seen wildlife on the track, <laughs> skydivers hit cars, and a jet dryer erupt into flames after being hit on the track. But what we saw Saturday night nearly changed the outcome of the playoff field. In one of the year's most bizarre moments, on lap 257 of the Monster Energy Cup race, an ambulance stopped near the entrance to Pitt Road, leading to a stack-up that would knock Matt Kenseth out of the race. NASCAR Steve O'Donnell discussed this morning on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. You know, we had a rough night ourselves up in, in race control, so that, that certainly put a, a damper on the night for us, and, and uh, I think luckily we are able to see the, the same 16 guys on the, on the Monster Energy Series make it through, but... Uh, you know, tough night for the for the guys up in race control. I think if you're a race team, you talk about wanting to put that behind you and, and move on to Chicago, and, and uh, we're certainly going to meet and make sure we, we put our best step forward uh, heading into Chicago. We communicated multiple times over the radio to, to stop. Pit Road was open, and, and unfortunately where the, the vehicle chose to stop was in the, the worst place. Um, you know, we can't go back and, and fix that. We can go back and obviously look at the communication and what are better ways to make sure that uh, that, that doesn't happen because that could have had a, a huge impact on the race. It actually did, but uh, even further heading into the playoffs. So that's not something you ever want to see happen. And then and then certainly on that last caution, you know, I've been back and forth with Martin. That, you know, he's, he's obviously upset, and I think that's fair. I think uh, it's something we've got to look at as, as we go, go forward and, and get back to – to being consistent and, and uh, you know it was not not our best effort but uh, I think heading into uh, the playoffs you know we're going to regroup and, and have a bunch of meetings and get it right. Okay Nate he addresses two things there and you've been covering racing specifically at Richmond for many years your take on what went wrong or what uh, Steve O'Donnell said. Well first big credit to Steve O'Donnell I think Krista for the transparency that he showed there and the willingness I think for NASCAR here to fall on its sword and Steve O'Donnell didn't have power today down in Florida, his family went through Hurricane Irma, and he still came out and, I think, did a very stand-up job with that answer. I think what the takeaway, though, is NASCAR knows they can't have another issue like they had Saturday night at Richmond, especially during the playoffs. It's such a momentous occasion of the season, so they're going to have meetings, and I think it's going to be partially track-specific as well. That ambulance that you see there parked at the entrance to the pit road was a, a track staffed ambulance so i think it's not so much nascar and you can see here also in the earlier race at, at richmond this year a safety truck that was also staffed by the track got in the way of um cars that were pitting so i think it's not just nascar buttoning up things in the tower i think it's also nascar getting on the same page with the track at richmond and making sure that these things don't happen going forward in the future and needless to say even though we asked for playoff questions and, and we're soliciting those topics we got a lot of questions today uh on the ambulance and about you know what it means going forward obviously some of them sarcastic no one is expecting this to happen again so we hope that it, it doesn't but for kyle and dj one question i thought was interesting was nascar's decision to allow uh to, to not suspend the five minute clock on matt kenseth's car there were some questions about if that was the right call that nascar made when kenseth had that damage uh, from being involved in the, in the uh, stack up with the ambulance yeah i mean 
they're not perfect all the time? What's up with that? No, seriously. <laughs> I mean, we, we sometimes forget that these are, are people that are making these calls, and it's communication, and sometimes communication can just go wrong, and it was very unfortunate. I mean, Kyle and I were both, I think everybody was upset that that, that ambulance was sitting there and that Matt Kenseth didn't maybe get a same opportunity to fix his car uh, over something that happened uh, that, that shouldn't have shouldn't have happened uh, during this. But again, we never want officiating, uh, whether it's a, in another sport or, or certainly in our sport here, to, to be a factor in the outcome of a race and something that could have literally changed uh, the championship 16 drivers that, that we were looking at. So we're fortunate it didn't happen in that. But again, this is back. I think NASCAR learned uh, a lot of things through that. And you have to officiate each race differently. And when a car goes into the wall at a place like Richmond late in the race, uh, there's really not anything dangerous about that because he didn't hit it very hard and anything that may have come off, nobody else is going to be up there. So let it play out. So a lot of things to take in consideration. But we have to understand that this group of people that's up there trying to officiate this, there's a lot happening. <laughs> and it seems easy from our standpoint sometimes to criticize. So when they have one bad night, uh, hopefully the next 10 won't be. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm not going to touch the caution because we can we can argue cautions every week, and, and they do on Twitter. If you want to know about cautions, just go to Twitter. They're going to argue <laughs> about them every week. But I'm going, to, I'm going to say this. If we, as the media, on this side of the camera, if we give teams a pass for having an off week, we have to give NASCAR a pass for having an off week. They're there 36 weeks a year. They're there at 6 o'clock in the morning and at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night doing their job, and sometimes there is just miscommunication, and it was miscommunication. Communication. The, and, and Steve O'Donnell did, as, as Nate said, stand-up job coming out and saying, hey, we were just off. We've got to fix it. Let's go back. Let's put that behind us. The thing that still bothers me uh, was not waiving the rule for Matt Kenseth. Uh, if you're going to waive the pit road entrance rule, then waive all the rules under that scenario because you are the one, uh, meaning NASCAR, that caused that situation. You're the one uh, that, that I, I guess, made it happen uh, for Matt and for those other guys. And you can't pick and choose the penalties that you, you, you do, although they did that night. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them been a little bit more consistent. Would it have changed Matt Kenseth's out, outcome? No, it would not. But the, the I guess the, the visual of fairness would have been a lot better than what it, what it ended up being. Yeah, just in the spirit of things feeling yes. a, a little bit better. And, you know, even with all those points in the bank, Martin Truex left Richmond fired up about a torn up race car. Coming up, how can we not talk about Martin Truex Jr.? The New Jersey native dominated the regular season, but does he have a clear path to the championship race? That conversation is next. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. All right, let's take a look at all 16 playoff drivers. We're going to go from west to east and show you by states. Casey Kane is from Washington. It'll be his sixth playoff appearance. There he is, Kyle. Hey, yes, finally we found him. All right, let's, let's go to California. We've got three drivers from California. This is the state that uh, is represented the most. You've got Kyle Larson from Elk Grove. And then no surprise to see Jimmy Johnson. No surprise there. Jimmy Johnson from El Cajon and... Kevin Harvick from Bakersfield. Ironically, Kevin Harvick made the playoffs because he won. Did they get extra points in for his home state? I don't know. I don't know if you get. I don't know if you get extra points for that. <laughs> Representing Nevada, the Bush brothers. Kyle, of course, won the title in 2015. He's 32 years old. Then you have 
His older brother, Kurt, also, of course, from Las Vegas. Kurt, 39. So that's Nevada. All right, let's go to the Midwest. The Midwest represented in Missouri by Jamie McMurray. He's from Joplin. And then I know you like Wisconsin, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Matt. And look, I'm looking for Matt to do something in, in the playoffs this year. I like Wisconsin because they drink a lot of beer there in Wisconsin. I, th I guess they do everywhere. You know, right, right nearby uh, in the <laughs> Seems Midwest. Seems to be that where you are. <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> Brad Kozlowski represents Michigan once again this year. And there's actually a lot in the Midwest because in Indiana you have Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman uh, was the runner-up in 2014. But then, DJ, we moved down down south. This is really cool for Mississippi. Yeah, it sure is. Ricky Stenhouse is uh, first time in, in the playoffs here. And in Georgia, you have Chase Elliott. Of course, he hopes to add to his family legacy. Chase uh, and his dad, Bill, from Dawsonville, Georgia. So North Carolina. No surprise Finally. to have some North I know. That's where they all used to be from North Carolina. Yes. North Carolina does have two drivers. You have Austin Dillon, 27 years old, uh, from Welcome. And then Ryan Blaney from High Point. And, of course, Ryan Blaney drives for the Wood Brothers. The Wood Brothers from Virginia. So let's go ahead and bring Virginia into the conversation. Denny Hamlin. Uh, once again, representing his home state. And then we end in New Jersey. From the Garden State is Martin Truex Jr. And again, he compiled more playoff points than anyone else. Following Saturday's race, he spoke about the importance of those valuable points. Well, I hope we don't need them. Um, you know, obviously, it's uh, I think it's a, a good thing that we have them. And uh, hope, you know, I think we need you could have used them last year, obviously, with uh, the way the playoffs worked for us. But um, you know, I think for us, just uh, focus on running as as strong as we possibly can, and uh, you know, keep the momentum going that we've had here lately. Um, cars have been just lightning fast, and teams are doing a great job. So we got uh, we got a few little things we got to work on, um, but all in all, it's uh, I feel like we're definitely one of the strongest teams, and hopefully, we can uh, just continue to perform at our the level we're capable of and uh hopefully we don't need those bonus points but uh it's gonna be nice to have them that's for sure yeah absolutely 53 of them in fact kyle truex has that big insurance policy does he cash it all the way to the championship four you know if he hunches over that mic and keeps that attitude <laughs> yes he all the way because he was still upset about giving right. away or, or not getting those those bonus points up at uh, up at richmond but here's the thing he said something interesting I hope we don't need them. And, and I think that's the way that team has raced all year. Not like they needed the bonus points. They wanted those bonus points so nobody else would get them. They've just been greedy. They just went out there and took those points away from everybody else and has and hoarded them up. That's the way this team has raced. So I don't, I, I'm don't. i with him. I don't think if they continue to do what they're, they've done in the first 26 races, they're going to take stuff away from other people, whether they need it or not. They're just going to go out and take those points. You know, we love Martin Truex and having him on after his wins and everything else. It's just so good. But hopefully next year, our regular season champion isn't so subdued <laughs> after the Richmond race. He's talking about that. I understand what Kyle was saying there and where Martin's coming from, not being happy about that. But And I know he thinks that because they've had so many opportunities to win at every type of racetrack, that, that really... It was nice to get these points. It wasn't something they went out there and just decided we need to gather as many as we can. It was just a byproduct of being really, really good throughout the entire year. But it is nice to have. I'll assure you that 
Colburn is sitting there thinking, this is nice for me to have. I can take some chances if we get ourselves in a position. We need to do that. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. A fired up Martin Truex Jr. might oh, be gosh. bad news yeah. for the other 15 drivers. Let's uh, head over to the classroom. Let's see what the professor is up to. <laughs> Nate, what's any of the, any of the uh, fans out there commenting on, on Truex? Yeah, a few questions on Truex. Some of them related to why wasn't he smiling more? Again, I'll answer that one. He sort of had a rough night. Um, the question I got for DJ, though, is from Shirley on Facebook. What is it going to take to beat Martin Truex Jr. because he's been the best car all season? But with an important caveat, what is it going to take to beat Martin Truex Jr. other than being faster? Yeah, uh, yeah, late race cautions. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's what beats him. Because that, that and a restarting beside a JGR car. That's that, that hasn't been very good for him either. So I'll say that. But that that really is. I, I mean, you know, you would really. You think that, okay, we can just be faster, but but right here at Michigan, we saw it didn't work. Even somebody that started restarted behind him was actually able, and that happened to be Kyle Larson uh, the first time uh, just a few weeks ago that, that was able to beat him. But, but these restarts are so important, and so many times you're, you're at the mercy of whoever it is lining up behind you. Do you get a nice push? Uh, but that hasn't been his friend. He's dominated a lot of races, but looks to me like that if you don't have something that you've been holding back for the playoffs, then you better hope that uh, you get that late race caution and have some kind of chance. Yeah, the restarts have been the Achilles heel of this team. Uh, I think when you look at it, and it, it's interesting, and Martin addresses it almost every week. We couldn't go for the first five laps. We couldn't go for the first ten laps. And we see him. He drops back second, third, or fourth, but all of a sudden it's like he's got a fifth gear in that thing when everybody else is leveling out. And after eight or ten laps, he catches that gear and drives around everybody. He needs a little bit longer run. The mid-run races uh, are the mid mid. 10, 15, 20-lap runs or 60-lap runs uh, for those guys to dominate. So I, I do agree. The, the, the weak part of this team uh, is the weak. And that's not – that's nothing to do with Martin. That's nothing to do with anything. That's just the way they set their car. Yeah, but their strengths are so strong. Remember, yes. Truex made the championship four two years ago. And he also started off last year's playoffs with a win at Chicago. Well, we each have our favorite emojis, right? Kyle's is that laughing, crying face that he uses so often. Well, coming up, NASCAR is getting in on the game by creating emojis of the 16 playoff drivers. See if you can guess who's who when we show them to you next. NBCSN brings you three big races on one day from F1 Spectacular Night Race to the first NASCAR playoff race to the IndyCar Championship. Don't miss a second of the action Sunday on NBCSN. Sunday's going to be awesome. By the way, for today's social pit stop, it doesn't get more social than this. NASCAR has revealed special emojis and hashtags for all 16 playoff drivers. Hmm. So fans can tweet their support during the race for the championship. So with that in mind, we have a little quiz for Kyle and DJ. Oh, Here's God. how it's going to go, guys. We've got three playoff emojis. Okay. Mm -hmm. You guys have to guess which driver they are. Really? Yep. Right. So here's, a, here's the first one. One percent of the ones that we use. Oh, come on. Who is it, Kyle? You got it? There's two beers. That's got to be Keselowski. So let's go ahead and reveal. Yep, Brad Keselowski, the that hashtag. Was that was easy. That was easy. Two, that's a clever hashtag, too, going for a that second is. championship. Number two, very good. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a clever hashtag for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> How about this one? Uh, Ryan Newman. Let's see. That, oh, yeah. Cat. Oh, that's good. Good. There you go. Hashtag believe with the 31 there. Okay. I was nervous I wouldn't get any of these. That was good. How about this one, guys? 
Okay, that's um, that's uh, Delana Harvick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Kevin. <laughs> so that hashtag is Kevin Harvick, uh, or emoji oh. is Kevin Harvick. Hashtag for the cup. Yes. So pretty That's clever. Let's good. go ahead and show you all 16. So here they are. So these are special emojis, and I guess if you use the hashtag... That's what is going to show up. Um, no. What is that? What is that? Somebody should, somebody should have been more creative for Matt Kenseth. He, they, his should be an ambulance. <laughs> Kyle. His should, his should just be an ambulance for Matt Kenseth. Kyle, too soon. Too soon. It's made never it too anyway. soon. Yeah, hashtag yes. made it anyway. I'm kind of disappointed. In, I mean, Truex had this, like, outstanding season, and it's kind of just a – but maybe yeah. just solid. That's all he needs. Which I one's Truex? This, Which one's Truex? Kyle. <laughs> Jamie Mack looks good. That looks just like yes. Blaney looks good. Yeah, very they, cool. They, there's some cool ones. There, they are. I thought I thought we were going to be able to that all of them were going to look like Newman with no neck. Um, that they were just going to be this. Oh, never mind. You know what I mean. How do we even? I can't believe we brought Kyle into this conversation. There are so, so many times. I mean, I'm so sorry. It just so some a little insight for fans at home. How many times, Dale? We're, we have a discussion or we're in a production meeting and there's a topic and I say I can't go to Kyle first. Yeah. On that topic. Yes. Yeah. But we could just have a show. If they would do all 40 drivers like that, we could just have a one-hour show. Yes, we could. Yeah. Yes, we could. Yeah. And all that's we would do is idea. laugh pretty much with Kyle, so that's, that would be great. All right, here they are oh. one more time. So if you're a fan, let's say, of Kyle Larson, you hashtag Team Larson, and that's, that's the emoji. So pretty cool. Really cool. Awesome. Well, coming up, we're not done yet. We will highlight the drivers who know what it feels like to hoist a championship trophy over their heads, sometimes while wearing goggles and drinking a whole lot of beer of course we're talking about uh, i mean i worked in i worked in the emoji this year's trophy is a lot heavier of course beer is still an option we'll talk about all of that coming up well we have got a great week for fans on nascar america tomorrow you'll hear from bubba wallace who gets back into the car in chicagoland for saturday's xfinity race Wednesday, we are at the Hall of Fame in Charlotte, where all 16 playoff drivers will speak on Media Day, with Kurt Busch joining Dale and Marty for the entire hour. And Thursday, Denny Hamlin will be in studio to talk playoffs, and DJ will challenge him in a putting contest. Mm, that'd be a bad idea. Wow. <laughs> well, six of the 16 drivers, which make up this year's playoff field, are past Cup Series champions. The Bush brothers, Harvick, Kenseth, Keselowski, and the driver atop the list, of course, seven-time himself, Jimmy Johnson. So let's turn to our champion. DJ, each title was won differently. So we uh, had playoffs, some with elimination. This year, stages are changing the game. What impact does title experience have on the next 10 weeks? You know, there's one thing that you can go out and you can buy all kinds of different parts and do all kinds of different things and getting prepared. But experience is one thing that you can't. The only way that you get that is being there and being a part of it, understanding how everything impacts what you do uh, on the racetrack. And that's learning to deal uh, with the outside distractions that you'll have as you get closer to that happening. So I, I think that's invaluable for, for these drivers. But those that have won it understand that and are ready to handle that situation. But just the week-to-week -week battle that you have to go through and, and getting yourself and, and keeping your team prepared because it's been a long grind, but, the, but everything gets ramped up now. And so understanding all of that uh, helps you get back to that position again. We moved Nate away from his lectern. So, <laughs> I feel uh, so naked. Do, yeah. you have, do you have storylines, uh, Nate? We, we had DJ and Kyle. What are yours? I do. Well, one, I think we've hammered pretty hard tonight, which is the, the Hendrick Motorsports um, storyline. But the first one I have, actually, is Richard Childress Racing, Roush Fenway. They've been kind of absent since they got their wins earlier this year with Ryan Newman at Phoenix and 
Austin yeah. Dillon at Charlotte and Ricky Stenhouse at Daytona and Talladega. You haven't really heard from any, any of those drivers really since yeah. then. So I think all three of those guys are vulnerable if they don't pick it up immediately in the first round. As I mentioned, we, we, we hammered the Hendrick question home pretty well. <laughs> I am on the opposite side, I think, from Kyle and DJ. I think that Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott are going to find speed, just like they magically did to start the 2016 playoffs. So I look for when Friday practice begins at Chicagoland. Both of those guys are going to be near the top, I think. And then um, third storyline I'm looking at is Joe Gibbs Racing and Furniture Row Racing. Uh, DJ, obviously both Toyota teams, yeah. but we've seen some friction there because I mean, Martin Drex Jr. has been the car to beat all season, and they are using chassis from Joe Gibbs Racing. And I think that there could be some natural friction that continues to build there during the final 10 races of the year, especially if, as Kyle Busch said after Richmond, we've got to figure out how to catch those guys. If they feel, feel like they're not catching up, yeah. it, it could get awkward. Yeah, I don't see any reason why Colpern and Martin Truex Jr. should be sharing a whole lot. They, they've helped, and they've given all of that out for 26 races. It's time to win a championship now. So I know, you know there's nothing that they're really going to change that much for these 10, so I wouldn't be expecting much help from them. You know, they haven't won a championship, and they're ready to do it. Talk about friction. Let's bring in Kyle. <laughs> how about that? How about that? Uh, how about meet me outside? How about that? That's, a, that's oh what they're going to be. That's what they're going to be saying over at over at Joe Gibbs and 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 uh, Furniture Row. Here's what I think. And and Dale knows this. We all know this. Um, and, and having teammates, there's a point when you're racing your teammate where you say, I really don't care whether he's my teammate. I don't care. It's about me winning this race. It's about me getting the job done and the reason I'm here. That point for a championship starts at Chicago. It's here. It's time. They don't care whether they're teammates. They shouldn't care whether they're teammates. I think at some point in time in these 10 races, I would say we've got a shot at these guys being a little confrontational. Look, we're coming out of the last race at Richmond, and Denny Hamlin gets into him, and we saw he's not too happy that Denny got into him. Even though he believes it to be a racing accident, he wasn't that happy about it. So we're starting the, the, the playoffs already with a little friction. So uh, that's pretty tough. I do think RCR, uh, we counted... Uh, Ryan Newman out that year, yeah. uh, and he finished his second in the points. And Dale Jarrett and I, when he was running 20th on Saturday night, said, where's he going to end up? And he <laughs> ends up did. third. You guys yeah. did. You said, wait, just wait. Here he comes. Uh, Nate, before we go and say goodnight, uh, you have your 100th podcast coming up. Yeah. Who's going to uh, be your special be off guest? NASCAR Media Day. Hopefully, we might have all 16 drivers. So wow. Really? I'll get as many as I possibly can into the 100th episode of the NASCAR NBC have podcast. Have we all been on the podcast? I don't know. Yes. But we all talk about most people have a hard time getting one guest, and <laughs> right. Nate's going to have 16 drivers. And we have Not a hard time once, getting one. You know, maybe five minutes at a time. So we'll have to tune in for that 100th podcast coming up. Thank you so much for joining us. We are out of time tonight. DJ and I will be back with you again tomorrow, but at our regular time of 5 p.m. Eastern. You should stand in the background on that one. We will see you then. are making their postseason debut. Will these young stars challenge for the Monster Energy Cup? We'll focus on them next. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz & Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.